sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe. Hi, Nicole Christofferson, founder of the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. Thank you for joining me again for another episode. I am in Southern California. We've taken it on the road again, and I've got my friend Alicia Cox here with me, and she'll tell you a little bit about herself. Uh, my name is Alicia Cox, and I am the owner of the Project Restaurant Group in Huntington Beach, California. My daughter, I mean, I named the restaurant after her, and I got um, get her involved. You know, I had her create ownership of knowing something was named after her at such a young age. But then I knew that, like, I had to take advantage of the moment and not have her just think this is like a popularity thing. But, like, what do you do when you are given an opportunity? And so we became partners of the group here in Irvine called Family Forward. And we started doing a give back program. So here it is. She's got this restaurant her name on the beach. And that feels great. But what are you going to do with it is what matters. And so we do, we had agreed to put a dollar towards every pe every pizza already purchased at the end of the year we count them out and then we write a check to families forward and the families forward basically keeps families off the brink of homelessness because we see a lot of that in California yeah. not even that they're like the drug addict homeless people that are on no, the street employment are, changing affordability people changing who I can't the yeah. gas is too high to get I, to work to make to to pay your bills and you're on the brink of losing your home and and you've got a family to feed and maybe your job because these look how much we're taxed everything here in California these people can't pay more they'll lose their business so then instead the person who now is going to feel on the other end is going to be the employee yeah so what we did was we decided to give back to this organization and partner with them to help fight families on the brink of homelessness in Orange County. And so we we write a check to them once a year. We have got a list and we deliver pizzas to them. I actually have Sahara doing it herself. I, I drive while we deliver. And it's been such a great perspective for her to be able to see, hey, you know what? Like this is a family who maybe they don't, they're, they barely have anything right now and they're holding yeah. on by a thread, but they open the door and they said, come eat this pizza with us. Yeah. And it is, it's, like a beautiful thing or some people sometimes are just so embarrassed they won't open the door but they're so grateful for that warm meal and it just gives you such a profound perspective especially for a little girl who is probably going to be influential and i want her yeah. to have that perspective that nothing in this life is given to you you know you have to be so grateful for everything that you have um and then we also have been doing a backpack drive for the kids because there's a lot of you know these motel kids in orange county it's just so sad that where the family has lost their home and they're living in a hotel and they're really fighting to be able to fighting away from homelessness. And these kids are, I don't know if you watched that documentary, The Motel Kids of Orange County. I have not watched it. Oh, it's tragic. But they they basically, when they when the, the families finally lost the fact that they can't pay for that motel anymore, then they basically have to kind of throw all the things in the trash and the other motel kids go and rummage and grab their backpacks and things so they have it. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking. So we, because we know we have a large voice in the community, we are gathering backpacks from everyone. Last year, I want to say we raised about 500 backpacks. And honestly, if it's one fresh backpack and school supplies for each of these kids who who are going to the public school system, they are the ones who don't have a fresh new pair of shoes to start the school year with. They're not the ones who have even a fresh backpack. So to be able to give back to them and make sure that we're just, even if it's a little bit, and I'm hoping that we can use this backpack drive to just turn into like thousands what, do you do of it before school starts like yeah, end of summer august. i do in august yeah we back we drive backpacks for a couple of weeks and then we donate them all to families forward they distribute them and you collect them at the restaurants where are you yeah. doing it yeah okay. we collect them at the restaurants okay we have put a uh, bin out and people will coordinate with us sometimes like i've had friends who are like no we're we want to be behind this we're going to go on amazon and buy 100 backpacks and and then we'll start collecting them all and we yeah. work with families forward to get them all over there but how many people are so fortunate that they get their kids a new backpack every year 
Yeah, and how many backpacks are they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Saving know. whatever but, that they could be thinking now. So we'll put information yeah, on. That'd so be great. And like save them. Yeah. In the summer when you do the drive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we try to do all new backpacks just so yeah. these kids have new, you know, they're used Make to getting them. the hand me downs. Yep. Of course, they'll take whatever they can get, but yeah. we're trying to get like new backpacks and new school supplies in their hands. And then the last thing is obviously toys for the, you know, the Christmas time. We adopt, they have a really cool adoptive family program where you basically just pick all through family. family forward. All through families forward. Yeah. And so we then promote to our audience adopt a family. And we do an adopt-a-family party so that everybody kind of gets in there, meets the families for it. People can sign up right then and there. You get a list of that child's wish list of things that they want. And a lot of these kids are not necessarily children anymore, but they're like preteens. And you don't, what, what do you even get a preteen? So it's curling irons and makeup and yeah. whatever. But so anyways, last year, our family adopted five families. And we just made sure to grab their wish list and, and deliver them. But then we helped get other families to... Um, adopt a family and we then delivered all the stuff so through sahara sandbar and through the one opportunity i only have one little girl what i could do with this moment with her was to teach her how to be a better human being yeah how to come how to contribute to society how when you are given something good you must do 10 more good things with that exactly you know and that it is nothing in like life you can have free. this restaurant you can have this lifestyle with me and yeah. you're always hosting people and you've yep. been in the service industry for i Ever. mean how long yeah. uh and she's career, watched yeah. you you know what i mean yeah grow I changed her in the diaper service. on the my first restaurant bar counter yeah she was and to not just be like oh there's a cool band playing or oh this is yeah. really cool here happening but how to take all of that and like pay it yeah forward you know, to more people hospitality doesn't just mean you're hosting this you know fabulous charcuterie board and bottles of wine and all this stuff like hospitality is being hospital to your neighbor too and making yeah. sure that you are taking care of everyone and everyone feels welcome and included and inclusion and no one feels left out and everybody feels celebrated and so um i mean i hope that she sees that and i'm sure she's i know that she well sees that because that she's person. been by your yeah. side a lot of the time doing yeah. it you know with yeah. you so yeah she and she wants to do it like i i totally and she's probably see. such a leader to her friends too yeah. right yeah. so then that trickles down into her peer group as oh, well right yeah well i guess the other side of things is i've already put her to work i you know i guess at 12 years old you can put them to work you know that i didn't know that i was like is it legal and then i look up and i'm like oh it's totally legal so I get her in there and she doesn't get to do the fun job. Some, you know, she's got to clean and she's got to learn that she's got to work her way up making Leisure. Her favorite thing is to make milkshakes. But I left her at uh, Sea Lakes the Beach and I had to, I wasn't supposed to have her that weekend and I ended up having her that weekend and I was juggling a bunch of stuff. We were like Redneck Rodeo playing and there was, just, I had a, a incident, a couple of incidents that were emergencies going on. Long story short, I said, just stay here in the merch booth and I'll be back in an hour i was like five hours later because there were so many crises i was going and diverting and i came back she had the merch booth organized she was selling to everybody she had a line of people in front of her and before i i went and checked her sales i'm like she told sold twenty six hundred dollars in merch i mean these kids sell like 200 bucks in merch through the she sold twenty six hundred dollars in merch while she was there just to everyone are you from huntington you need this shirt are you not from Huntington? You should take this home with you. I mean, her little je ne sais quoi, you know, I, it was really remarkable. Made me realize, whoa, what do I have on my hands, yeah. right? She's definitely Potential. Not, she's got that skill yeah, set. Personable. But, yeah, but she still needs to learn, like, hey, listen, you can sell and you can be fun and be in front of the people, but you're going to need to clean that kitchen and you're going to need to learn how to make food and you're going to need, and there's not, there's an ugly side to hospitality yeah. too, so... 
Yeah. So anyways, behind the scenes. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. So because our listeners and viewers don't know who you are and we're going to be introducing people to Alicia Cox and and Sea Legs and what you've done in the hospitality industry for decades now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you kind of take it back to the beginning and like give us your background? Oh, I guess let me see if I can start it out. I know. (laughs) I mean, I um, I worked for my uncle's bar when I was young. He has like a bar restaurant downtown Huntington. And he asked me to not cocktail because I was like going to school and he said, go. And um, that's how I met Andrea and all them, you know, but um, don't cocktail. Uh, help me with some marketing. And then I was like, OK. And I didn't want to let him down. So I like tried to do something and helped him set up like a party in there. And I just like tapped into this group of friends and this group of friends and like hired this DJ and created a theme. And he had this crazy busy night at Hurricanes. And um that was when I think I realized like, oh my gosh, this is so fun and I'm good at this by accident. Like it wasn't, it was like, oh, so I just piece these things together and put it together and I'm, I can throw up an event. Well, um, that turned into, in a short story, into running a nightclub. Then I was in my early younger years that turned into working for OC Weekly. It was kind of like our t- alternative newspaper. I became the marketing director for OC Weekly. I got into the business and background of creating special events of trying to figure out how to tie in advertising revenue into these special events and creating and then using the the magazine as your marketing op, like outlet. Yeah. Um, I love before I, social media. Yeah, before social media. Yeah, exactly. It was all about like impressions when people were still flyering and stuff. Yeah. But um, went on from there. Got a call one day in my desk at OC Weekly from uh, the guy who created rehab in Las Vegas, which at that time was the he started the pool party phenomena. And he basically called me and said, fly to Vegas and come meet me. And I did. And he offered me a job, told me to quit my job and go work for him at Station Casinos. And I was like 28 at the time. I thought, shoot, you know, do I go ahead and do this? And uh, long story short, I did it. I I quit my dream job as the marketing director. And that time I was overseeing LA Weekly and the Phoenix New Times. So I had three magazines in my group, but those three magazines hovered around Las Vegas, right? So next thing I know, I got the job to Vegas and I was working as the nightlife entertainment marketing director for Station Casinos. And they own 17 casinos in Vegas. And God, I just, I was like, this is where I belong. I belong. It's like an actress going to Hollywood. I belong here. Yeah. I want to do special events. Late 20s, early 30s. Oh, experience I, of a lifetime. Experience of a life. I lived in a casino for three years, almost three years. I did, I mean, we worked from everything from major concerts, uh, events, recreating the marketing plans for the different bars that they had within there, the different outlets within the casino from like gambling, like rooms, like the center bar to, um, you know, they're pools. Yeah. And so anyways, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, the last thing I did over there was to create a venue and we created a country Western bar called Revolver. And at that point I went, oh yeah, this is what I want to do because this is like an event every day, right? I'm so used to throwing an event. And then afterwards you have a postmortem and you're like, what work? What didn't work? What could I have done different, better? Because there's so much stuff that goes into creating a one-time event yeah. that's temporary setups and things like that, that yeah. it's, yeah, there is like a postmortem. That's yeah. so funny you say that. Yeah. It... So, and that became a, a thing where you plan, plan, plan. Yeah. You'd have this event and then you'd have a postmortem afterwards and go, oh, we didn't have enough portos or, hey, that band didn't go on long enough or maybe we should have added more concessions. And so there were just so many things that went into these special events. And when we were in Vegas, a lot of these things we were doing were concerts. Uh, so fast forward to get to a point where doing a venue, I went, oh my gosh, every day it's here. And every day I can tweak it, change it, alter it, fix it, yeah. right? Because it's four walls now instead of a temporary space. And so we created this country Western bar called Revolver. 
And it was awesome. It was in North Las Vegas. It became the number one country Western bar in Las Vegas, period. Uh, cool a, a shootout scene in the front of the bar. We had a disco ball, armadillo. I didn't even listen to country music at the time, but it was just a, such a cool vibe. And cool theme. Yeah, it was such a cool theme. The whole thing was just awesome. Country music, line dancing. It was just something I, I we were tasked to do a country Western bar and kind of discovered that whole aspect of um, the genre entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And so fast forward, then I get pregnant with Sahara. I ended up moving back to Orange County. I lived in Vegas till I was about seven months pregnant. I say live because I basically was temporary. I had like temporary housing within the casinos, but I, my home was in Huntington. So I came home and I had Sahara and I had my beautiful, hence her name, right? I had this beautiful, just nugget of a baby. I'm sure you remember. I mean, she was just the most precious thing. And so, uh, but I was really struggling with my career. I'm like, Wait, I loved what I did. I didn't just like like it. I didn't just have a job that I just said, okay, but I, I lived it, breathed it, felt like this is exactly what I wanted to do with my life and determined at that point I wanted to do venue development for the casinos because that's like a, a job there. Yep. And was wanting to move to Vegas. And now all of a sudden life just was like, nope, we're going to swap you back. You're headed back to Orange County and you're going to be a mom and get ready. And so- Yeah, because juggling that- career in vegas with those times like just that's too much for yeah, yeah i mean it's just i came home i'm not gonna yeah. be in vegas and have a baby and run around the casinos and at that time i was married i'm not gonna be my husband lived in huntington like so i um it just wasn't gonna work i needed to go home it was time i'd been there for quite some time you know and i wasn't home at all i was always there i loved it there i could have lived there and so anyways i got this baby and i'm just so in love with her but so sad I lost my career you got all those postpartum feels and uh while I was bummed out I just decided to like get my head straight and start journaling and get my and just like get my thoughts out right because I love what I did and what am I going to do now with my life but then I got this beautiful baby and how grateful I am I've always tried to come from a grateful place and so and it's not like you preemptively planned the transition no she brought I, yeah life into you that yeah you had to forge a transition this was this is how what life you yeah. know this is the card you're dealt yeah. and so through that I started journaling and then journaling turned into dreaming about what I could do with my life if I had it'd be like an open field of opportunity in front of me and dreaming turned into a business plan called sea legs wine bar and by the time she was six weeks old that that was the whole plan was written I'd come up with the name and I really had nothing else to do besides I was like you had never sat still that long oh, no. Six weeks sitting home with a newborn baby. I was like, well, like six years. Yeah, I was like, geez. So I got out. I I basically wrote this plan and I said, you know what? I'm going to do one thing every day towards my goal. And let's just see what, like how fast it comes, right? Let's just see if it even comes at all. But I'm just going to try one thing. Like today I'm going to take my stroller, take my daughter for a walk and take stroll around shopping centers and see what space is available. Or today I'm going to research other wine bars. I'm going to go check them out. Or I'm going to go and research um, how, what's the math on how you make profit on a glass of wine. And so I started doing this. And honestly, before I knew it, I was signing the lease of a space. I was, and by the time she was one, I was opening my doors of Sea Legs Wine Bar. And uh, it was really an incredible thing. I mean, I built that restaurant with her strapped to my chest and um, I mean, let's but with no fear, like you're fearless, I feel like in a lot of your like everything you do, I feel like you're fearless. You're in front of people, you're no, pivoting, yeah. you're changing how things are done. Yeah, thank and you. that's been a trend since we started talking today. Yeah. But like 
picking a lease and signing a lease and starting a restaurant business on your right. own like how do you, so your experience from starting the ones in Vegas of like getting funding and doing all that stuff you'd already had that from the other ones kind of no no actually I, I had to learn the hard way about business I okay. think that there's nothing school can prepare you for no. for business there's nothing really life can, you just have to go do it I felt the same way when I started my brokerage I was like yeah oh, I can do this this is great but you're you know one thing, if you've never started a business and run a business, no. there's a lot you need to focus it's on. It's why learn. experience is so yeah. important. I mean, you, I, I learned so much. I cut my teeth on that first restaurant. I mean, the crazy part was I really had never run a restaurant before. It was the one on beach? Yeah. When you, uh, you had been there. Yeah. I'd never run a restaurant before, so that was cutting my teeth. I didn't even understand really the uh, taxation, all the business side of things that were behind it, sales tax, and all these things that were that – I. It, I didn't even dawn on me how it all actually worked until I was actually doing it. But then employees and managing employees and service standards and food. I mean, there was just so much that went into that. And I felt like I was failing every single day. And I went, I had every challenge you could possibly imagine. And I felt like I, I fell on my face a hundred times. I got the creative side. I probably sucked the creative life out of you too. Cause you probably want to be so creative with it. I think that's like the hard part. Like you yeah. have that niche of what you think it is and what you're good at and the fun part yeah. of it. And the business side, sometimes to wear oh, those hats, and how many hats out, you have yeah. to wear. How do you stay motivated when you yeah. feel like you're failing all the time? Yeah. At it? And to be honest with you, now that I look back, I realize you, if you aren't learning how to be a fighter for your business from day one and you start your business and it's successful from day one and you're flying high and sales are coming in and life is good, then all of a sudden when life hits you with uh, yes, an ins COVID, right? It could hit you with anything. You don't know how to recover. You don't know how to fight for your business because you never had to, right? Because I had to fight for my business so hard. I mean, every challenge you can imagine, I felt like I was up against. But I learned to be a fighter from day one. So now when challenges come at me, I'm like, oh, got this, got yeah. that, got this, pivot, move that happen, make that happen, don't do that, avoid that landmine, go. Yeah. But if I didn't have that like challenge from day one. To overcome. Yeah, and I think it also like, you know, I love the the thought process of, you know, manifesting and having a grateful heart and the secret and the power of positive thinking, you know. And so if you don't have those down days, you can't appreciate the good ones. And yeah. so first couple of years, I was I mean, I couldn't afford to get my nails done. I couldn't put in, buy a new pair of shoes. I was working with my baby day and night going, what have I done? I was just chilling at home. I should, well, I really regret, am I regretting this? I'd get, hand off the baby and go to work all night long, get up, you know, I'd kiss her at nighttime and I'd be so sad I couldn't put her to sleep and I'd cry myself to sleep yep. and get up the next morning and work while she was playing and then get up and get the restaurant open at four. And it was, it was bananas. But as I felt like, what am I doing? I clearly don't know what I'm doing. I bit off more than I can chew. All of a sudden, I'm winning an award. And I'm like, what the hell am I winning an award for? And then all of a sudden, we're getting an award for our food. And next thing you know, we're getting all this recognition. It was crazy because I, I All your time, hard work was paying off. <laughs> but it was like so humbling because I, I remember like my first Golden Foodie Award. And I went up there and, you know, it was like the whole restaurant industry in Orange County, this very glamorous event where you get this this trophy that feels like the Golden Globes and it's for the restaurant. You know, you you were voted into this for the restaurant world. And I just remember going up there and it's like I could barely afford the nice dress that I had because I needed to make payroll and I needed to pay for new wine and all these things. And I just cried getting the award because I was like, what am I? I don't deserve this. I feel like I'm not even doing a good job, you know? And then all of a sudden you start to get it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you start to figure out how to make a profit and then you start to really hold on to the profit. You pay off all your debt. You make sure that you're now stable and then it's time to grow and then it's time to say, hey, okay. Well, that's hey. when I really got to know you or we were around each other more, I think, is right at that moment. Yeah. Because our peer groups kind of, yeah. you know, 
yeah. pulled us together and there yeah. were more events that we were at together. And it was like, well, Sea Legs isn't just in Huntington Beach anymore. Yeah, I know. And that's when you now. gave it wings. I think I, I go back to Vegas because I was managing so many venues in Vegas that like I was used to managing multiple venues. I was used to creating multiple marketing promotions and overseeing menus and whatnot so that it wasn't thinking of two didn't wasn't scary because I already did that for like regularly. Right. Yeah. So uh, I Sea Legs was so busy. I couldn't get I didn't have enough seats for all the people in the door. So I signed a lease at a restaurant next space next to me. And I thought I'd make if Sea Legs was for the women, that would be for the men. I signed I created Sea Salt. And then I got an opportunity to put Sea Legs in LAX airport. And that was kind of a licensing. But you had to be a part of this airport concession uh, business that's out there. And we teamed up with a partner in Georgia. And it was a big, huge thing where we did an RFP. And I worked with them on this RFP. I didn't even know what an RFP was, uh, which is a request for a proposal where you bid on a space and the best bidder gets the space. And that's how these really um, alluring spaces, especially when it comes on government land, is how they're they're there. Yeah. So you bid. You don't get to just lease it. You have to bid. It's a competitive bidding process. And so I was with that with them and with them on this process. I was also a woman-owned business. So it was like very helpful in the airport world. But once I we won the bid, which was really exciting, Sea Lakes became the end of Terminal 2 at LAX Airport. So it's a circle bar. And that was such so amazing to see it see at Huntington and then at the airport. We're representing California and Southern California. So much exposure oh. to other markets because Huntington Beach is so hyper local. And yeah. yes, we get a lot of tourists and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, what exposure. And so I license my brand to them. I don't have to like be running it, which is even better because it allowed me to stay focused on growth here in Huntington. So Sea Salt got open. It was a steakhouse. Everything was great. We I went kinda, there all the time. It was so fun. Yeah. Sea Salt was so fun. It was like a hip hop steakhouse. And it was like, it, we, our tagline was smoke meat every day. It had like hip hop references. Um, I put a big cow on the wall that had all the hip hop artists um, in the places of beef, like the loin. It was like, you know, Kanye West, who had beef with each other on the big cow. And it was just such a fun restaurant. Uh, we got really into Santa Maria Tri-Tip. It was kind of let, now going away from California cuisine, knowing more. But then getting into a different kind of cuisine, getting more into this culinary aspect of opening restaurants and really diving into that passion. I didn't even, it was like an untapped passion. I didn't know it was there. That and wine, really. But um, anyways, had them both. But the big thing is when I get approached by this lady from the city of Huntington and she said, hey, the city wants to endorse you for this big project on the beach. And we think you'd be great for it. And I was like, my first of all, Sahara is like three or four, yeah. right? I'm like, yeah, no. I I already got this restaurant I'm looking at right here. I'm going to build and I've got LAX that I want to make is perfect. And this, you know, my restaurant here, I'm just finally like getting my sea legs, you know. And so I'm like, no, I think I don't I'm not sure if I'm interested in it. And they're like, why don't you just go take a look? So I went on this tour of Bolsa Chica State Beach, a beach I'd never really been to, never paid attention to it. It was just like between Huntington and Long You drive by it or you ride your bike by it. Yeah. It's like you never thought about never it. Never stopped there. Never stopped there. Like really unused, gorgeous land, really. Yeah. Um, kind of felt like when you're driving like to Pismo, it was just like un- untapped sand. And uh, anyways, the the concessions were all pretty beat up. They were like homeless encampments. They hadn't been used in a long time. And uh, the the state was offering four of them on a lease, California State Parks, and they were going to allow for beer and wine for the first time ever. It's kind of an experiment to try to get people to bid on those concessions and come to that beach. And God, I thought... Yeah, I mean, because that now it's like so common because we made it common. But at that time, it was like, whoa, drinking up trains for beach concessions. <laughs> really, we used to go get chips with shredded cheese on them, yeah. and you know what I yeah. mean. 
candy and stuff like that when we were at the beach yeah. concessions in Southern California. That's just what you do. I know. I know. It's so funny. So we, we, I bid on, I just thought, God, if you could just, I mean, if you could just like have a beer on the beach, it was legal. How fun would this be? And once I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I wish I didn't see this because now I can't stop thinking about it. This could be so rad. What a great opportunity. And I didn't want to do the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, I don't want to drive by and see somebody else have this and go, God, I could have, that could have been me. I could have been on that, but I decided I didn't want to, right? So I thought, what the hell, I'll try. Why don't I just try and see if I get one, right? Because there's four of them. And so I was sitting out there trying to figure out which one I was going to bid on because trying to figure out because they all look terrible really at the time. How do you even know what to bid on a beach concession? Like yeah. It's just such a like you never don't. been done before kind of thing. No. Yeah, you don't. Honestly, I was like walking through the mall being like, OK, this one has the biggest kitchen or maybe this one has the biggest piece of land or this one's closest to the entrance or this one's the highest, the most pretty view. And um, somebody gave me a piece of advice and it really goes back to being in, like working in Vegas. I, I'm not a gambler, but like working in Vegas. Um why don't you bid on all four and maybe see if you get one? And I went, hmm, that's not a bad idea. I should probably do that. So I created four concepts. I've never done an RFP on my own before. I knew what it was. Worked on LAX, but never did it on my own. But I love marketing. That's my thing. I just really created like really great marketing plans with a business plan attached. And I made one for sea legs, one for sea salt, and created two new concepts and just created this whimsical lifestyle of what it could be on the beach of just people enjoying the mock beach. Mock-ups. Oh, mock of people enjoying the beach, living a, a beach life, being able to eat good food, ride their bikes to the beach, get great entertainment, have a beer and wine on the beach, what it would look like. And uh, well, I submitted it. I was like, it was a lot of work. I wasn't prepared for that much work. It was a lot of work. I submitted it. And then um, I got a call like two, three months later. And they're like, yeah, you want every single one. And I went, what? I can't do that. I wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't do all four. I still have sea salt to build. I just opened LAX. Like, there's just no way. I still have sea legs wine bar. I can't do all four of these. You were super busy when I was around oh, you the most God. of my life. I've, like, never even done anything like, no one's ever done anything like this. Like, how on earth am I going to do this? Well, you I balanced it, though, because you still had your daughter around you a lot. Like you were still out in the community all the time. Like, yeah. did you ever sleep? This is what our listeners are going to want to know. Did you I sleep? mean, do I? So it depends on how much melatonin I take. One of I my other mottos is I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, I you have to sleep because you, you can't function during the day. But I mean, I've definitely had a lot of restless nights. Yes. I definitely probably, you know, have found a curse or a clutch in melatonin. I mean, I but it post knocks me out. So I, I need it because I need to be able to function the next day. Yep. Um, at that point in time, I told myself, as long as sea salt doesn't open, and these four beach concessions don't all open at the same time. I think I can do this. Well, Seesaw has all these delays. The beach concessions all get done. And they literally, of course, of course, open within like Seesaw opens like in April and the beach concessions open in May. Which and is that ideal was, for beach concessions. Yeah. For it was the busiest summer ever. And I don't think I expected Sea Lakes at the Beach to do what it did. I mean, it literally turned into a beach club, like a bonafide beach club. And everyone wanted to be there. And, and it's funny because when I was trying to figure out what they would all be and which one was the best one that one generally the best one I, I don't know if it's where it's geographically located I don't know if it's the style it is I, I really don't know why that one took off more than the rest of them but it became a beast to the point where I actually didn't know how to run anything on that level I didn't expect thousands of people to walk through the door in a day so now all of a sudden my business model went from being like oh fine dining have you know a glass of wine with just California cuisine to 
Get out, chips and guac. And next one, next one, 200 tickets go. Beer buckets out the door. I mean, it was just crazy. It was a totally different Because it was not phenomenon. Like, we go on vacation and you get, like, the, you know, galvanized bucket with ice and beers in it on vacation. And now you can have it in Orange County on on the the beach. beach. Yeah, I know. Pretty cool. It was. Well, then we started adding entertainment. And when we started, like, I mean, we, I, I, teamed up with a concert promoter and at the beginning we were booking like big acts because the space held a, you know a couple thousand people so we were booking Midland and Parmalee and Sir Mix-a-Lot and all these big bands but if you don't block the boardwalk on the other side of the boardwalk they'll sit out there and watch it for free and so we call it actually Cheap Beach um, but Cheap Beach grew and it keeps growing and so what we decided was why would we make them pay to get in here because we're booking a big act you know what? Why don't we just have it all be free? Let them come in here and not sit out there and watch it for free. And um, and but I can't book big acts anymore because I need you know ticket sales to cover that. Yeah. Let's just book cover bands. So started curating all these cover bands and and working with them on the marketing and and figuring out what worked, what didn't, teaming up with them to build up the hype. And we've taken these cover acts that you probably wouldn't even know about and turned them into acts that are almost as big as like anything else around here. I mean, Yachty by Nature. Yep. Redneck Rodeo, Burritos. Uh, I mean, you, I could go, the list goes on. I mean, there's a foreign R for that foreigner cover act. I mean, we have just gotten so many incredible tribute acts. I've got the Johnny cashed, uh, cashed out coming out next weekend for Father's Day. And we're like sold out for these things. People can't wait to see these acts because at the end of the day, all they want is a drink in their hand, some food, the sand on their toes. It doesn't even matter if the sun's out or not. They got sweatshirts and hats. No just big some deal. Music they can sing get along to. The house, get they out don't. Of their car. Yeah, yep. they just want to know the music and sit and be in the moment and laugh and just live in the moment. And so, yeah. And so, honestly, we just then just got the other ones up and going. And then, long story short, then the next beach was available, and basically that beach was even better located to everything in Huntington. And I knew that was my natural trajectory to get to that beach. And I knew that, and I've learned and understand what I'm doing in a part of California State Parks. It was very difficult for me to go from this to like, oh my gosh, sir, I, did you did you not like you the temperature of your steak? From a business side, you're leasing it from the California State yeah. Parks. Yeah, so it's an RFP. I have one successfully. Bolsa Chica State Beach is an RFP. And then Huntington State Beach was going to become available for an RFP. And so basically it's a comp- anybody can bid. But whoever's got the best bid, the best plan, the best acumen, the best financials, the best resume, the best, all of this, right? Every page on this plan gets a vote on a one to 10 point system. And whoever has, and it's by a committee that is not anywhere here in Orange County. It's like a committee somewhere in California of random people because it has to be very fair. And so um, there's nothing you can do besides work your butt off and show the best plan. It's pretty much like the most incredible college. First impression, lasting impression. Yeah, like like the most incredible college paperwork you would ever turn in. I mean, the one I did for Huntington State Beach, I figured I'd have a million people competing because of what we did at Bolsa. So, I mean, I put together a beautiful box and I put together products and I put, I mean, I just did so many things to make you, the, the committee, be able to feel, see, taste and touch the vision that was in my head learn even more than I was at Bolsa yeah. this was like you I really needed to see that I was for sure focused and I I would hope that was probably one of the best RFPs California State Parks has ever gotten um anyways I won that beach and I won when it, you got all of the concessions but I also got exclusive food and beverage to both beaches so all of the you know special events and yep. um weddings and catering and stuff goes through us we have like first rider refusal so 
that is an also a big thing because now we're working with people on their events in Huntington and we've kind of now Private event. yeah I've created this uh really robust marketing now I mean of thousands hundreds of I mean, almost a hundred thousand people almost per account that are following us we can now touch the end users so easily and so when people come into events with us we're also not just doing the food and beverage with you and being your partner on that end but we're helping market that event to our all of our guests yeah and then within California State Parks, we now are working together with them to recreate recreation, right? Because they're all about parks and recreation. And recreation has always been divine kind of a certain way, right? You're going to go to a park and respect the environment. You're going to enjoy, you know, a hike or recreate however you... So this is kind of now recreating recreation within California State Parks that actually speaks to the Southern California guests. Demographic, yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that you go really from Newport to Sunset Beach on your bike or your skates or your skateboard or your feet, and you basically experience a different experience at each concession as you go up and down along the way and kind of really ending at Sea Legs of the Beach for the big concert. And we've been able to showcase now so many local Orange County acts that have now become like, I mean, people come here. To see these acts now, and they have such a great following, and we work with them on building that following that, you know, they know they're going to start Newport, and they can't wait to get to Redneck Rodeo on Saturday night for a country band as soon as they get their electric bike down the boardwalk that far. So it's been actually pretty great. And in the process, I sold both my restaurants in town because this was such a robust project. Um, I mean, I'm now juggling really two two beaches and eight concessions and LAX, but it's a lot of work and it's seasonal. So I shut down. I was rehire. Just say, you have seasonal. Yeah, it's tough because I do. I shut down and like, tur- like you know, my employees leave. Then I rehire them or I rehire new employees the next year, but I've got to get them trained, staff ready to go. But I also change menus, update looks, change So you're policy. working on all the menu changes and things like that for the next season and off season. And obviously. Off season. Yep. Yeah. The, I closed down pretty much my break is November to February. And those four months I get to live like a normal human being and sleep. And then in those time periods, that's where I get to like rest my brain and be creative again, which is my favorite part yep. to be creative. And so I think you don't have a marketing team working with you or right, like, yeah, you do. Right, yeah, I was like, you team. can't be do- you just you. It's just me. Oh, just yeah. You. I am the marketing team. Yeah. No, I don't. It's hard because it all came out of my head and yep. marketing was always my thing. I actually wasn't a restaurateur and I wasn't really, I mean, I, I was a special events and marketing was the, my core of who I was. So I um, do 100% of the marketing myself. Yeah, I do all of the ads. I have great tools. You're so inspirational because you're running <laughs> the business. Yes. You're managing the staff. And the yep. management. I have an operator who helps me though. Okay, I have a great yeah. guy. Yeah, he helps me um, manage and operate the staff. Okay. I have uh, an agency who employs all my employees. They're like an HR agency. So okay. they manage payroll. They manage um, HR things. They make sure that all of I'm mean, up to compliant with everything. Yeah. And all of that just allows me to sleep peacefully because, you know, rules change all the time. Sure. So I have an HR company watching all my employees. Growing a business. Yeah. And is employees. And honestly, yeah. streamlining is I went cashless everywhere. And then I did digital tipping. And so that really helped because now I'm not, you know, and it really was primarily because last year when we were getting, after COVID, we got robbed so many times. We have smash and go robberies and I, after LA was going through all that. Oh my God. And I just went, why am I going to let my employees sit out here with all this cash? They're just going to get robbed. Like it's going to get worse. Yeah. So I went cashless to protect them. But then in the process, I'm, I just started doing digital tipping and I just really streamlined all the processes. So I... Even though it seems like so much work because I hired some really great agencies to work with me. Yeah. They've allowed me to be able to be like a puppet master to juggle it all. And then they do 
the payroll, get all that stuff out. This person helps me out with the graphics. Even though I'm sending him the direction, he puts the graphics out. This person's helping me with video content. This person's helping me with um, operations. And so, yeah, so I've got a lot of like companies around me that are plugged into my company in a sense. So like I'm a company and I'm one person, but I've got all these companies plugged into me that are helping us pull this all off. Nice. Yeah, and they're great. All of them are great. So um, a mantra or like a like life motto that you like utilize daily for your family or for your business? I mean, I feel like thoughts become things has probably become my life mantra just because you have to be very careful about what you're thinking and you have to be careful about what you're putting in your head, what you're surrounding yourself so around, who you're so surrounding true. yourself around. You have to be very aware of your energy. You need to be aware of the energy of the people who are plugging into you. And you need to be able to be positive because my radiation will make everybody else, their attitudes will either be positive or negative. If I come in negative, they'll all be negative, right? So I have to be constantly reminding myself and even taking a moment, right? Like saying, hey, leave me alone for a little bit. I need a moment because I'm going, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to spill over to my team and they're going to feel that or my customer is going to feel that. So thoughts become things. What I'm putting in my head what I'm surrounding myself around, where I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing and feeling, I have to keep positive and I have to eliminate all the negative. Well, and that's so powerful for Sahara and like for your family too, because yeah. you know what I mean? If you infiltrate that into your family too, and thoughts become How easy things, to be frustrated well, with them. That or, yeah. you know, think it, you dream it, you can make it happen. Like yeah. that's, I mean, it goes both ways too. Yeah. In the present now and even thinking for like what's possible too. Well, and that's the thing is if you're, and if you ever watch The Secret, I always tell people when they ask me, you know what, I want to start this business. And I go to them and I say, go watch The Secret first do, and, and breathe it, feel that, understand that energy because it doesn't matter if you have the best, wonderful idea on earth. If you're energy and your core and your mentality and your mindset is not right you're not gonna be able to pull it off if you're a negative thinker if you're a victim if you're a victim mentality if you are constantly creating your own storms because this person upset you or that person upset you and you're just your feathers get ruffled easy if you can't figure out how to manage that don't even bother starting your own business you're just set yourself up to fail yeah you have to have a winning mentality well you have to know your why you have to know who you are to be able to facilitate to so many other people too right yeah i mean that's just some people are great business people and have zero people skills right so they need other people out in front of in front of their business representing them and things like that so really knowing like what your why is yeah right carries everybody through yeah um hospitality, customer service, events, marketing, all that fun stuff. Like what's next? Is your legacy going to be taking over all the recreational um, beach amenities? You know what? Or is there something more? Yes. I I think... I think there's the more. Your yeah. daughter's 12. Yeah, I do. I we feel like... talking about our kids. I feel like now I've created a platform. And now I'm going to create a bunch of verticals off that platform. And all and the platform is that we I speak. I don't need to go to every beach. I've already speak to the beaches of Huntington Beach. I don't necessarily, not at this moment, need to be expanding to all these other beaches. I want to do what we set up to and do a really good job and perfect our craft. But now I want to build verticals off of my platform. So I'm starting to come out with products. And, uh, you know, I had my wine, which was awesome. I created a wine called Alicia because my whole business was funded around wine. And so... Um, I actually sold every bottle of wine I have. I have no more wine left. We have 1,500 cases. We are 100% out. And I just can't even get back up to Napa 
um, to get up there and, and start working with another purveyor. Um, so I created a seltzer with Brewery X, which they are now, uh, we have the seltzer coming in there. It's called Alicia. It's actually great. It's a hard seltzer. So it's like 10, 14%. Nice. Um, I'm working on a cookbook right now. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to tell a culinary story of all of the things that we've done from California cuisine to uh, Santa Maria barbecue to pizza to beach bites to desserts and tell a story of project groups culinary to this place. So I'm in the process right now of working on a cookbook that's going to take a little bit of time just because I don't have a lot of time. So I, in my, I hope to have it done by the end of this year. And then I'm going to self-publish that cookbook. I thought about getting a publisher, but I think I'm going to pay to have it published and then own all the rights to it and self-distribute through online channels and through all the restaurants that I have. Yeah. Um, I'm working very closely with a food derivative uh, show channel. I, I okay. can't really say too much, but you can kind of hit from there. Got it. Um, if, if that ends up playing out, then it'll actually take everything we're doing and put on a much even bigger platform. Exactly. Because I mean, everything is so Southern California and Orange County. So yeah. if anybody that's listening hasn't been to Orange County or is coming to visit, um, definitely go check out all the restaurants and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it only going to be Orange County? Is it only going to be Southern California? Obviously not with a cookbook. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. Right reach. now, yeah, I, might, I definitely want to see my my reach and the what we're doing here in Southern California to get like, national exposure yep. so that people come to Southern California and this is part of the, like, I got to go to Disneyland got to go to Balboa Island. I got to get on my electric bike and cruise through these beach concessions. Like I want that to be part of your experience when you come to Southern California. And I want to represent what, who we are as a culture, as a beach culture to all the visitors who come in from other countries. Because think about when you go to Italy and you go to Capri or you go to Australia, the beach clubs, Santorini, right? Like there are beach clubs who represent those countries. And we, I feel like in Southern California, I hope that we will represent that selling. Well, in Huntington culture. Beach, like, I mean, it's my hometown. It's where I was born and raised. Oh, and what? Know that? Oh, yeah. Millen and Adams. Oh, I, I lived in Huntington Beach since I went to high school. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I'm on Magnolia in Atlanta. Yeah, it's already. But I haven't Sorry. lived there in so long. It's what happened. What, what a difference. But uh, we used to ride our bikes <laughs> down Newland as a family, my yeah. parents and my sisters and I. And then we would ride all the way down the boardwalk to Seal Beach and, and have yeah. lunch. And we'd ride all the way back. A long bike ride. And we would go to the beach all the time. I mean, I lived at the beach as a little kid. That's my funny. mom would go to Lowe's Cab yeah. and go play tennis in the morning. And then yeah. we'd go to the beach all day long. And then we'd come home and run through the sprinklers and get all the sand off of us. And how it was funny. just like, that's how I was born and raised. But the yeah. beach concessions, like I was saying earlier, were just chips and strips and yeah. and just beach junk food kind yeah, of yeah. or you bring your own food and there were little restaurants and things but that's all been torn down and built up into big resorts and things yeah so that changed a lot of what the landscape was yeah it's true and it's you really have transformed Huntington Beach which is just crazy I mean I didn't come out of this thinking oh, I'm, I'm gonna transfer Huntington Beach that was no. not my thought process but to but, look back now I realize oh my god we're transforming Huntington Beach I it wasn't and it wasn't intended but it's so cool to think that we are able to represent what it feels like when you come to Southern California on the coastline and people are going to take away an experience that they won't forget now. Yeah. That was a forgettable experience and blood, before. Now it's and tears. I mean, I know it wasn't easy for you no. because we were in the same social circle more yeah. often before I started hopping around and moving a lot more. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't an easy feat. And so no. you've come so far, I would say eight years. It's been about oh. how long have you been on the beach? 
Oh, I've been on the beach for seven years. So about yeah. eight years ago, yeah, when Sea Lace was doing well and you opened Sea Salt, we yeah. were eating at Sea Salt all the time. To yeah. now, it's just super impressive. Thank you. To see you, you stay so true to yourself. Thank you. And I think that's what I want my listeners um, to hear and my daughters to hear and our youth ambassadors to hear is like, dream big. Yeah. Right? And don't be afraid to just be one person doing this. Yeah. Like everything is so sensationalized of, you know what I mean? Glamour, whatever. But yeah, you have a vision. So you submit a report, you know what yeah. I mean? You do the work and you make it happen and you can make things happen that are unimaginable. I didn't think beach concessions would ever turn into like something in Italy yeah. on the coast of Italy and, yeah. and a lifestyle kind of change. A full lifestyle. Beach. Yeah. It's so um, true. It, yeah. It's phenomenal. Thank you. And I think you're so humble with how easy you make it sound. Um, <laughs> um, and you've stayed really um, kept your motherhood at the forefront as well. So absolutely. Well, I'm, I mean, you have a baby. I mean, that's it. I mean, your mother always first. At the beach always. With you. Oh, she's, yeah. she's always running around with you. Yeah. She's growing into a beautiful young lady yeah right I mean our yeah. daughters are the same grade and yeah stuff like that so being a role model to her has to be um you know I mean what's it for if I'm not a role model Absolutely. to her you know I mean what is this all for it's like yeah. at the end of the day I all she's made she's had to take the most sacrifice my mom's worked her butt off and so now I have to pay it forward to her for all the sacrifice she made when yeah. she was a baby to make sure that she is so well-rounded by the time she turns 18 years old and hopefully I have a company to give her. Yeah. I hope. I tell her all the time, but she wants it. Yeah. She's like, I want it, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, so we'll you see. Make it look so easy. Well, I don't know. She, I mean, if you were around me all the time, it probably wouldn't look so easy. But... Well, I know. I mean, I have yeah. two real estate teams in two states and I have work hard, smile large. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm already right now, just after our conversation, I'm like, Oh, there needs to be a work hard smile large event at Sea Lakes. We need to do that. a beach event for work hard smile. Holy large. shit! You should come out and do a podcast on the ocean. We definitely oh, you should probably should. be quiet, huh? That we probably. do need quiet, but we can still get you know gather our work hard smile yeah. large community and do something positive. I would love that. It would be amazing. We're yeah, not a, we're not a uh, band. Yeah, no, but you could tie <laughs> into to something. get our community event. together and yeah, have, yeah, it'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Um, are you making it out to Austin anytime soon? I didn't have any plans on going to Austin anytime soon, but I'd love to. I know. We got to yeah, get you out to Austin to. and get Sahara out there with the girls and stuff like that. Yeah. Fun to that see all the other fun. youth ambassadors. And I really want to um, see her with the girls so she can hear what the girls love are doing that. with work hard I would love too. that. I mean, look at just little go-getters, you know, yeah. and be able to, you know, especially they're getting that really core, those core values that are going to be so important as they get older to see them now and then catch them the next couple of years and make sure that they're networked together cross the miles and knows, God knows what that will turn into. So I know I don't even have to ask you this on like what you want your legacy to be because I think we've kind of answered it in a roundabout way but like Alicia, what is Alicia Cox's <laughs> legacy going to be? Uh, let's see here. I would love to be known for revolutionizing the California coastline. I would love to be known for uh, being like a queen of hospitality would be awesome and a creator and a visionary like a I mean, I wish I could say like Walt Disney, but I'm on a much smaller scale. <laughs> Walt Disney, that would be an amazing um, legacy. But I'm more imp most importantly, I want my legacy to live through the eyes of my little girl. And I want to see where she ends up because that's what I know I'll ultimately have actually had real success is yeah. what she does with her life yeah. through what I did with mine. Exactly. Well, what a phenomenal team, mother-daughter team. Yeah, life, thank you. Right? Yeah, and yeah, for life. Yeah, Keep pouring into them. And that's what our youth ambassador um, promise and everything is all Love about. It. So I'm super happy you came on to share. Thank you. Your story um, and your pivots in your life and things like that. I think we could have gone even farther into how yeah. 
what pivots are and, and what transitioning from one state to a career to just different business models um, is like, but you make it Thank seem you. easy. Thank you. So I I've... hope everybody here knows that if you have a dream, you can kind of make it come true. Just think positive. Think and... not positive and take the shots. Don't. So how can everybody get in touch with you and learn more about sea legs and all the concessions on the beach? Yeah. What's the best way? I mean, honestly, I think just social media. Yeah. My Instagram is Alicia Sea Legs. So it's A-L-I-C-I-A and then Sea Legs. There's, we'll put it on the screen. Too. Yeah, there's Sea Legs at the Beach. Project Group is the core company that is the holding company for everything that we have. The Huntington Beach House is another great follow. Sahara Sandbar is another great follow. So you kind of get in there when you start seeing all the different entities that are within there. But I think following me will kind of guide you to the other things. That I working. agree. Um, it's super informative. And then the new Huntington City one is... Huntington Beach House. Huntington Beach House is the yeah. name of that one. Yeah, okay. that Huntington Beach House sandbox... Sahara Sandbar, they all opened. I have one more left to build. That's California Fork and Spoon, and that'll open next year. And that one we're going to turn into an uh, event venue. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be an event venue on the beach really focused on weddings, private events. Uh, but then we'll have a breakfast because most people don't have it. We either in go the to the, yeah. yeah. So we'll do a really great beach breakfast, and then it'll go into the special events in the evening. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking thank time you. out of your very busy life. Yeah, thank you. To come and meet with me and share with our listeners about what the hospitality industry has guided you awesome. on in your journey. Thank you. I appreciate that. Keep spreading your wings and thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. Thank you for including me. Welcome to the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast, where we explore the outcome of hard work and the power of positivity in our daily lives. In each episode, we'll delve into the benefits of positive mindsets, hear inspiring stories, and provide tips for cultivating smiles all around us, highlighting healthy habits and living a full life while giving focus to various lifestyles that shine bright in this world. Help spread work hard, smile large in your community by coming together, pouring into others, and inspiring the youth to become WHSL ambassadors too. Sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe. 